is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I am Tyler. With me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Be sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412 as well. Go subscribe to our YouTube. Hit the notification bell. Leave a like and leave a comment. Let us know what you want to see on there. Go check out some of the description links in the descriptions while you're at it on the listening platform and on YouTube. We have year six of Rocket Around the 412 in there, the GoFundMe link. You can go check out the mission, read all about it. The first five years, we've raised over $25,000 with the help of all of you guys to give back Christmas to some of the kids in our local 724 and 412 area codes. Smitty and I were fortunate enough to never really have to worry about where Christmas was coming from that time of year. And so we want to try to be able to give back to some of these kids that weren't as fortunate as we are, as well as we have partnered with the East Rochester Salvation Army to adopt kids off of their angel tree and provide some of those kids for Christmas as well. Um, And then also we have an Etsy link and a Facebook link for our friend Haley Wagner's company, Everything Custom Designs. You can go check that out and you can order some shirts, not hats, but some shirts. And yes, we are going to continue to bring up the hats (laughs) until we get hats. I want hats. I want hats. I'm a huge trucker hat guy. This is a trucker hat that I'm wearing right now. Uh, once I can get some around the 412 hats from. Is there anything Haley, on that hat? Satisfied. It's so white that it's I can't a, tell. It's a lightning bolt. Ah, I see. I see it now. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't tell. So, it, it, was just, like, it was just yeah. so like it was shining so bright. You're kind of <laughs> bringing bright, a glare in my eye. Hey. Um, all right. Yes. Yeah, so this it, is the around the 412. with the the pittsburgh clothing company shirt you're wearing this yeah, is a I pittsburgh rec- clothing company shirt. Ga- game recognized game pittsburgh's very own shout out to demar hamlin uh obviously pittsburgh legend buffalo bill shout out to him for making the bills 53 man roster as well so great comeback story uh, do we have to do a whole song and dance or can he just win comeback player of the year before it starts <laughs> like what are we doing that's a good point What's the point um Let's talk about the Pirates, though. This is the Pirates episode. We've already put out the Steelers and Penguins episodes for the week at this point, so you can go check out those. Be sure to subscribe. Leave us a like. Hit that notification bell so you know when we post another Pirates episode, if that's what you're into, or any of the other episodes as well. Every time we upload something, you guys will get a notification. Uh, Paul Skeens, we talked about him making his debut last week. He hadn't made his debut yet in Altoona. If you look at the Bosch score, it looks like he got roughed up a little bit. I will say, people that were there... We're kind of like, okay, listen, like he was getting squeezed by the umps. At least like three of those singles should have been fielded. Like it really wasn't that bad of a performance. The velocity was still like, it was fine. No need to worry. But when you don't have the benefit of being there and seeing that, and all you're going is based off the box store and you see him make his first appearance at Altoona and see him give up four runs in two thirds of an inning, you know, especially in Pittsburgh, especially with the way Pirates fans are, there's going to be like this huge press the panic button. Oh, my God, this wasn't the right pick moment going on on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I, I didn't panic, but I just before recording this, I did let out a big laugh. And I'm not sure if you noticed that, but it's because I looked at his stats page and his hits per nine right now in double A is 40 and a half per nine innings, which is, which is just comically bad. So I just let out yeah, a laugh. That's the yeah. thing. It's, it's, it's fun. Like I'm not even, wor- I'm not worried about him. I'm, I'm not, not worried, worried about, about this it. in it's the slightest. funny that it happened. Like, 
every every start is situational. Just because a box score says something, it doesn't mean that it played out the way that you would think it does. So I'm not worried in the slightest. I mean, he had to not necessarily have a fall from grace eventually, but like the the way that he started in rookie ball and then in single A, like I'm not worried if he had a, a rough go of an inning in double A. I mean, he's going to get some more innings in double A. And that's the thing. He could come out and have three strikeouts or two strikeouts and, and, and some shutout ball. And it would be completely fine and look like he did when he was in Bradenton and, uh, nobody will be worried anymore and nobody will even be talking about this, this one appearance in Altoona. I, 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 what I think is even more laughable is if you Google Paul Skeens, one of the Mm -hmm. first articles that comes up is Olivia Dunn attends boyfriend, Paul Skeens disastrous (laughs) debut at double A. Like, what is that? What? So that that should be what we title this, but <laughs> honestly, like it, the the major Olivia Dunn watches boyfriend Paul Skeen struggle in Double A debut. Like, there's two articles. That <laughs> I are like disasters better. Top yeah. pick Paul Skeen's gets shelled and gets shelled in Double A debut. Yes, girlfriend Olivia Dunn was in attendance. That's another one. There are three different articles. Just that, that she was in attendance to watch him struggle the, the disastrous start in in double A. You know, I, if that's if that is what we are actually concerned about, and that's what the articles are being written about, I'm not concerned about what Pirates fans think. I think it's comical. I, I think it it is what it is. It sucks for him to have that outing, but I don't really think that it's going to affect him whatsoever. He'll come back and, and pitch totally fine in the next one. I'm I'm very confident of that. I, I just think this is a bu- bunch of smoke blown out over by a bunch of pirate fans that, you know, we're pirate fans. It's, it's in the tendency of pirate fans to overreact to, to some very small sample sizes. So it is what it is. In the short term, too, I just thought about this because of the attendance. Over 10K people there. They set a new ballpark record. In the short term, this is great for Altoona and their community and stuff. Like the money that they're going to bring in through ticket sales when he starts and the concessions, just having that many people in the ballpark and like in the area of Altoona. I mean, hey, shout out to Josh Banks. That Altoona pizza is going to be through the roof right now. Um, But yeah, I I just thought about it. There's going to be a lot of curve burgers sold. Yeah, no, well, also that's a throwback. Hearn, that is that is a throwback, by the way. If you he if you pitches are a, for the Royals now, who the Pirates oh, are playing. If you were if you were around the four one two OG, you understand that reference. Taylor yeah, Hearn and a uh, burger. Taylor was the third person player to come on the show, and it's one of the wildest. Th- it ended up just being me that recorded with him, um, <laughs> and there was no like sign off of the podcast. Like you just heard the. <laughs> beep 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 or whatever like the three when you hang up a phone call and that was the end of the podcast because i didn't know what i was doing it was kind of iconic honestly yeah um but yeah so i I remember like the first altoona game we went to i hit up taylor and was like hey what's good food like and i just meant in the area i didn't mean specifically in the ballpark yeah and he was like well i eat a curve burger before every start so that's the go-to so i would assume those are still a thing i mean they're called curve burgers so anybody in altoona uh, if you're going out to watch Paul Skeen's pitch, get a curve burger and pair it nicely with uh, the next time he hits the mound, because I think it's going to be a lot more successful if I were to predict that. Um, all right, let's talk about the big club, though. N- enough about Paul Skeen's and uh, or I'm sorry, not Paul Skeen's, uh, Livia's enough boyfriend. about Livia Dunn's boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Pirates. I want to ask you, and this is going to be on the surface a question that I don't know that people are going to understand why I'm bringing one thing into another. 
do you think that the way that key Brian Hayes has swung the bat lately and the way it looks like he's going to kind of go into the end of the season is going to give him a better opportunity to finally win that gold glove that has eluded him. And the reason that I say this is for whatever reason, for a defensive award, the bat, it playing at least a little bit, being at least an average hitter seems to matter. So do you think that the way that he's kind of come around the last couple, I feel like it's been about a month now since his bats come around, uh, gives him a better chance of finally winning that gold glove? I, I, I think it does. It does. And that's not to say that he's going to win it, but I think it at least puts him in a better situation. Um, you look at his months just on the season and his August is batting 323 and his on base is 366 compared to like his and, and his his June was also a really good month with three three hundred three thirty seven uh batting average and on base percentage. But then you have like May and, and April and March where he struggled, he only had one started game. He had he had four plate appearances in the month of July. So I'm not even gonna include that one. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah I do think it is putting him in a better situation um to be able to win that gold glove you know the the, the award's stupid in in the first first off the award's yeah. stupid in the sense of how it I'm is so pumped for determined. nolan arenado to just win it again anyway yeah it's it's just so dumb that nolan arenado and wait, hold on while we're talking about nolan arenado can we just talk about how stupid it was for that one twitter page to talk about a highlight of a single of <laughs> nolan arenado they they were literally in awe of it was a like play. a mat- a play that a didn't happen. It wasn't. Yeah. In the box score, that's a single. With your eyes, that's a single. But they're 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 looking at the throw that he made and he didn't get the out, but they're still in awe of it. Nolan Arenado, most overrated third baseman in MLB. I, that's just my opinion. For how he is viewed defensively, he's the most overrated third third baseman. Um, but yeah, I think this puts Cabrian Hayes in a better situation. I don't think he'll win it still. Um the, pro- the guy we're talking about will probably win it. However, I think that if you're looking at what the award should be, it should be just a defensive award. And if you're looking at defense, there's not many third basemen better defensively in the MLB than Cabrian Hayes. So I think he's very deserving. But, you know, this award's dumb. And I've always thought that this award is dumb, the gold glove. At least how the award is 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 picked is dumb. It's kind of like the Selkie in the NHL. It's not the best defensive player in the NHL. It is the best defensive forward with a lot of offensive points as well. Um, and that's kind of how it is with gold glove awards. It's, it's not just who is the best defensive position player. It is who is the best player defensively at these positions that also has a pretty good batting average and on base percentage like that, and I think that's dumb. I think I think that the awards should be looked at for how like what they are. If it is a defensive award, it should just be the defensive metrics that are a merit for it. But that's neither here nor there. To answer your question, yes, I do think this puts him in a better situation, especially like looking at the month of August by himself. If he continues that into September, I think he he's in a prime spot to be able to win that award. But at the same time, he probably won't. <laughs> and that's just my opinion. I'm really hoping. Yeah, I'm really hoping this is the year. And I do think he could be uh, for a lot of the reasons that we talked about. I feel like he's viewed pretty like. I feel like he's viewed by people that actually pay attention to the advanced numbers of baseball and the analytical side 
as the best defensive third baseman and maybe the best overall defensive player in baseball at this point. Just the things that he makes look routine that aren't routine is ridiculous. I feel like if he's going to win it, it's going to be this year. And once he wins one, that should give him the name recognition to to win multiple yeah. going forward. So that's kind of what we're talking about. It doesn't always go to the most deserving. You got to kind of have that name recognition. But if he can get one, put one on the mantle, all of a sudden his name's going to be in that mix every single year. Yeah, but did you see that one play from Nolan Arenado where he didn't get an out? That 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 tweet was hilarious. It was like, but imagine if it was. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how to respond to that. Like, imagine if anything. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like, imagine if every hit that that Barry Bonds hit was a home run. He'd have like ten thousand. It's just a stupid thing to great, say. Great point. Um. Also, and you might want to pull something up as we as we talk about this, but Johan Oviedo, his if you look at his season as a whole, it's wild. Like start well, by start. I pulled stuff up. I have gotten I have I have a little bit of stats if we want to go through some of the, the hot and cold of Oviedo. He's he's amongst or at the top of like quality starts in all of baseball. But if you look at the starts that aren't a quality start, it's either like He's pitching fantastic. Like the reason that he's on here is because he threw a two hit complete game against the Royals last night, or he's getting shelled and giving up like seven runs in three innings or something like that. Um, so there doesn't, I don't know what the, the middle ground is here. I'd like to find a more consistent, you know, middle ground, but at the same time, it's not like we had a ton of expectation for this guy. Now the pirates might because of other circumstances, such as, you know, Rowanzi not being, uh, what we had hoped, or like Quinn Priest, they're not working out to this point, or T's falling off. They might need him to be better, but that's not necessarily the expectation we came in with. We thought he was kind of a back-end starter. So if this is the type of performance you can get out of a guy like that, it's greatly exceeding expectation. Um, so I guess you have to kind of take the good with the bad. But man, they're, we're about to talk about it. Like if you got the numbers in front of you, some of the starts that I- he's had. I do. And so I was like, let me let me try to break this up so I can put a little bit of context how back and forth Oviedo season has been. And my, me and you, like the, the stats that I'm giving, these are like every other start or every couple mm-hmm. starts they're switching. So he has had it, with games that are five innings pitched or less, he's had 11 starts with five innings pitched or less. When he's gone into the sixth, so five and a third or more, he has 16 starts of those. So it's pretty like he has more lo- going into the game longer, but it's still like he has 11 of less and 16 of more. I mean, he has a couple of games where he's only pitched like two and a, a third and, or two and two thirds. Like he has a couple of games like that. And then when you look at like the runs he's giving up, he has 10 games with four or more runs given up. And he has multiple games of giving up like seven or eight. He had a couple games in a row where he did that. But then he also has 17 games with three or less runs given up. He has 13 games with one or less runs given up, and he has three shutout appearances, including his most recent, including his most recent start where he pitched a complete game shutout. I th- this dude has been so hot and cold. I mean, we talk about like Mitch Keller before as if he was hot and cold. Looking at this dude's game log, it is just night and day. Like you go from like he he pitched. Two and a third, and he gave up eight. To he pitched eight innings, and he gave up one or none. Like that's mm-hmm. how drastic it is from start to start with this guy. I have no idea what to make of it, but it's fascinating just looking at his season as a whole and putting this together. Like how is 
like he he and he's actually like on the season I'd say just print pretty pretty decent overall if you just look at his flat out numbers for the season but then when you really get into it and actually look at how we've gotten to this baseline like season numbers and actually look at the starts that he's had it's fascinating to see how hot and cold this dude has been through the entire season yeah I mean like overall you'd probably say he's been the Pirates second best or second best pitcher behind Mitch Keller um but the highs have been higher than Mitch Keller. It's just the lower, like he hasn't been as consistent. And I know mm-hmm. Keller had like a rocky month or so post all-star break. Uh, good news is he looks like he's come out of the other side of that and gotten back to pretty close to that pre all-star break form. He had his last start, eight innings of really good baseball. So um, yeah, I mean, I hope that these guys can both uh, finish out the season strong, but Johan Oviedo's yeah, he's been, when he's on, he's been ridiculous. And it really seems like it's all about location. If he's painting those corners, you know he's going deep into a ball game. It was probably the one runner less stat that I saw because 13 outings with one runner less, that's stupid. Yeah. That has to be like at the top of baseball. Yeah, he has he has 13, 13 games with one runner less. But then you look at his like some of his other games, and I'm just looking at just picking out some. He has there's a game with seven. There's two games with five. Like I'll just go month by month. In the month of April, he had two games with five and one game with seven. In the month of May, he had one game with seven. And June was his best overall month, at least with a run total. And then he had a, a game with eight, a game with five, another game with five in July. And then so far in August, he's had one game with six, one game with four, and then two shutouts and two one-run games in August. So, but but then I'm not even skipping. I'm skipping over the ga- games where he has like one run or less. Like he has a lot yeah. of those. And like you said, like 13 games with one or less. That's that's got to be league high or close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, impressive stuff on that end. And you just hope he can find some more consistency and uh, get closer to to that type of player on a more regular basis. Because obviously, like the Pirates are going to need that. Like we've talked about, they haven't gotten the production that we thought they might from a Rowanzi Contreras or a Quinn Priester yet. Uh, Ortiz looks like he was potentially a flash in the pan last year, so who knows? Um, although he's looked okay, he's actually pitching right now during this game, breaking the fourth wall as of recording this. Um, but yeah, I think they kind of need at this point Oviedo to be. I don't know that he needs to be that like he's not gonna be that good all the time. Like that's ridiculous. But closer to that end of the spectrum closer and not have the, those. Closer those to lows. the average of, yeah. of what he is. To just find the find the consistency. Honestly, a lot of what we talked about with with Mitch Keller whenever he was early mm-hmm. on with his pirates. Like find the hey, consistency. If you can get him to if you can get Oviedo to be like 2023 Mitch Keller, I think you take that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and that's another thing is like you have this guy for what two more arb years. I think he's got a couple more years of control. Would, so yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a guy that you can continue to work on. Um, but it's a wild season for him. It was really fun to look at his stats. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think that's it. You guys can let us know how you feel about Johan Oviedo in the comments. Let us know if you feel like he is a piece going forward uh are you worried about paul skeens unlike us let us know in the comments about that as well and 
let's make a prediction because I think T. Brian Hayes is going to win the gold glove this year. Tyler does not believe so. So whose side are you on on this debate? Is T. Brian Hayes going to finally take home that gold glove at third base? Let us know in the comments that as well. Uh, if you are listening somewhere other than YouTube, please leave us a five-star review. Of course, you probably already are subscribed, but please do that. Uh, if you are on YouTube, subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Leave us a like. And like I said, comment down below. Um, go check out another episode, whether that's the Steelers or Penguins show, maybe a different Pirates one that you missed. Any of the other content on the channels. I know we still got like some of our athlete interviews that we've done in the past uh, on a playlist. I should probably create separate playlists for these now, too. So I'll do that, too. Um, just talking to, to myself now through you guys. Uh, but I think that does it. So for Tyler, for Smitty, that's been the Around the 412 Pirates show. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.